It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 608 at News Talk WSB. It's 56 degrees outside, and this, my friends, is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your garden. And my friends, it's going to be a fun day to do things. Outdoors, it's going to be beautiful in the 70s this afternoon. No rain, no. It's going to be a great day, and you, my friends, probably have questions about what you ought to do. Now, if you're a first-timer, you've never done this before, and I have talked this past week to three people who emailed me to my website saying, Walter, I've never done this thing before, and I'm a little worried about what I'm doing. Uh, Can you tell me what to do first thing? Yes, my friends, if you're a first-timer, do not worry that you're going to be laughed at or somebody's going to say, oh, that's a dumb question. No, I don't care what kind of question you have. I will answer your question with all respect and you will find out what you can do so that you don't have to start off feeling that you just are going to fail at the end of the summertime. We'll get you started off on the right foot so you can be a successful gardener, so you can know what's happening with your plants, so you can know what to do with your lawn or your trees or your shrubbery or your flowers or your house plants or your pests. You name it, we'll cover it today, 6 a.m., 9 a.m., The Lawn and Garden Show, 404-872-0750 gets you in this morning to come in and talk to us about whatever is going on in your particular garden. I had a particularly enjoyable week today, or this week, because I went to Woodlands Garden, and if you have not seen Woodlands Garden, then it is well worth your time. To go there, Woodlands Garden is in Decatur. It's at the intersection of Claremont Road, and I guess that is Scott Boulevard. It changes over, I think, right there where it crosses Claremont. But uh, Claremont and West Ponce or Scott Boulevard, it is a beautiful green space. And it was, the story behind it is pretty interesting. The story behind it is that Dr. Chet Morse lived there with his wife, and he was a professor at a local university. And he accumulated a little land around the house, a couple, three, four acres, I guess. And over the years, as he was a professor, he started planting native plants and other flowering shrubs. He loved planting things. He had enough land that he could do it, had a little ravine, had some flat area in the back, had an area around the house that he could plant. And so he planted and planted and planted. He had a, a relatively large family, and they loved to come to see what Grandpa Morse had in his yard. Sadly, about six, seven, eight years ago now, uh, Dr. Morse died, and he specified, and his children took him at his word, praise goodness for that, but he specified that he would like, if at all possible, for his property to be kept as green space, not to be sold to a developer. And if you're the children of somebody who has a very valuable property, you know the questions that you face in your mind, because you know that if you sold your dad's property, there would be millions of dollars involved. There at the intersection of Claremont Road and Scott Boulevard? Are you kidding me? This would be extremely valuable property. And his kids went along with it. 
They said, okay, we will put this into a conservation-type green space easement. We will donate it to the uh, city of Decatur. We'll start a nonprofit organization to manage it. And now Woodlands Garden is just the most gorgeous little pocket green space. You can visit it right there off Scott and uh, drive in, have a parking lot. They have a nice uh, gazebo and and music performing area, have music every weekend. They have wonderful laid-out trails with labels and great plants. They've got uh, deciduous magnolias and native azaleas and all sorts of uh, trilliums and things like that that are growing in in the woods as you walk past there. And the reason I was there was I was doing a little television for the Georgia Farm Bureau, which um, has TV shows and spots and YouTube videos and things. And so they wanted me to come in and do some TV for them. And I did and did it at Woodlands. And I was so glad, so glad that I went there because it was just gorgeous to uh, to go to Woodlands Garden. Again, intersection of Scott Boulevard and Claremont Road. And it's free, open to the public. Anybody wants to drive in and walk through it, you're welcome to do it. Another thing I did this week was go to the uh, Mountain Shadow Garden Club up in Stone Mountain, over in Stone Mountain, Howell Mill Road at the Eastminster Presbyterian Church, and spoke to my friends there. Had a standing room only crowd. It was a big crowd. And we told all sorts of stories about gardening, talking about the bad things that happen to good gardeners. <laughs> a lot of examples of bad things that can happen, many of them taken from pictures of things that folks have sent me and saying, What? <laughs> in the world happened here? What in the world happened to my plant? And I take those pictures and assemble them into a good things happening to bad gardeners. Had a great day. Had a great week. I hope you had the same. But again, it's going to be a fabulous weekend for gardening. If you have questions, one more time, 404-872-0750. Comes to us now from Spalding County, our good friend, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Miss Arise. Miss Nicole. I met three, three, count them, three more of your fan club members this past week. All right. All right. How many do I have now? I don't know. We're up in the 20s, 30s, 50s, 100s. I'm not sure, really. There are people who haven't identified themselves to me who I'm sure if they saw me would say, we enjoy listening to Nicole more than we like listening to you, Mr. Reeves. Why don't we have Nicole on the radio more on the Saturday mornings? Springtime is the best time to visit any garden. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because things are, I mean, plants are they're coming out of sleep. They're coming out of wintertime, and everything is blooming. My goodness, what a great time. Even your, your own yard. You don't remember the planting there, boy. Boy, it's coming up big time, especially with the rain this year, isn't it? Yeah, and one of the things that I have enjoyed a lot over the years, Nicole, is taking pictures of my front yard, not sometimes on purpose, but there might be Easter or some other event at my house that I take pictures, and I go revisit them two or three or five years later, and I see, wow, that little bitty azalea is now, you know, five feet high, and look at those trees, how much bigger they are now, and you get to see the changes in your landscape. Incredible, incredible. I take picture when I first planted a place, you know, and then... And years later, you said, Man, how, would, how did that ever happen? Nature is happening. I wasn't even aware of it. So are we going to eat strawberries this year or next year? I about you, year? but I'm going to eat strawberries this year. <laughs> Tell me more. What do you have? Well, I want to know about your strawberry. Well, <clears throat> I will have to be absolutely truthful because I'm sworn to be truthful on the radio show, you know, Nicole, at least 90% of the time I'm truthful on the radio. <laughs> and the strawberries that I have are actually the strawberries of a friend of mine whose strawberries I planted in her raised bed. And so I will go to her house and she will allow me to pick a couple of her strawberries, which I will enjoy greatly. 
Well, I was thinking I have wild strawberry. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty big, yeah. and uh, there's no taste to it. Is that the uh, the grandfather of the strawberry that we have now? They're absolutely no kin at all. Uh. Now, we're talking for listeners who are wondering, wow, what are you talking about? There certainly is a edible and edible fruit called wild strawberry that you can pick out of the woods sometimes. Not really here in Georgia so much, Nicole, but probably up in Toronto where you're from. They have wild strawberries in the woods. But down here we have a weed called wild strawberry, which has a little strawberry-like red fruit on it. And it's a, the actual name of the family that it comes from is Potentilla. And so it has a yellow flower. You've seen this. It has yellow flower. And the uh, strawberry family of genus of plants have white flowers or slightly pink flowers. So if you see a yellow flower on a plant that has a strawberry, it's not really a strawberry. It's edible. You can eat them all you want to. It won't make you sick particularly, but it's not a strawberry. When I was a kid, uh, my father used to cut the grass with a big uh, tractor. Uh-huh. And then we walked behind it. And pick up wild strawberry big time, but they were so sweet, yeah. very small. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 very small. Wild strawberries are that way. That's the way that genus of, of, of fruiting plants are, and they're hard to cultivate. But those wild strawberries, once they were crossbred and selected for larger and larger fruit, give us these enormous strawberries. And you've seen them, Nicole, sometimes at the grocery store. They'll be almost as big as the palm of your hand. They're enormous, those big things. I could not good. believe I went to a food store this afternoon. This is not cannot be strawberry, <laughs> and it's not hormones, and it's not GMOs. It's not anything other than simple crossbreeding. There are no GMO strawberries. They're simply crossbred. A big strawberry mother to the big strawberry father with the pollen. They put them together, and the babies are big and fat. And they take those and they crossbreed them again, and you end up with strawberries as big as a big as your hand, big as your fist. They're enormous, but they're not GMO. They're simply crossbred, hybridized strawberries. So if you're plant strawberry this year. Are you going to get strawberry in the same year? It's tough. Generally speaking, if you plant in the spring, you'll get two or three or four, if that many. But the best time to plant them truly is in the fall. They have a lot of time then to establish a root system. And then during the spring, early summer, you get strawberries, depending on which uh, variety you get. So it's better to plant them in the fall. But I know you see them in the grocery store or the uh, nurseries in the spring. Go ahead and plant them in the spring if you need to. So are, you, are they going to take over the whole lawn or you have to? Uh... No, uh, the wild strawberries sort of will. But the, 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 the uh, cultivated edible strawberries, no, they won't take over your lawn. They spread some but they're not going to take over your over your flower beds or anything like that. Okay, because, you know, I'm learning now that whatever I plant... Uh, yeah, you got to be careful. You don't want anything that goes where you didn't spec it to. Well, speaking of going where we didn't spec it to, I have gone a little bit further than I should this morning, Nicole. i got to get out of here, but it's great talking to you. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your strawberries. We'll see you soon. It's, not, it's 7, 6, 7, 8, 9. It is 618. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today is a gardener's dream for weather. Expect morning clouds giving way to sun by this afternoon. No rain. Highs in the low 70s. Clear skies tonight over the metro area with overnight lows going into the mid-40s. 
Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Coming up in the next half hour, Sandy wants to know about camellia with large, dark areas on the leaves. I know what's going on with Sandy's camellia. Chris in Stockbridge has a uh, ground cover that he wants to plant. Sharon in LJ has strawberry plants that she needs some advice on. Right now, let's go to Jason. Jason's in Flower and Branch and joins us. Hey, Jason, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, Jason. How can we help? Uh, I have been talking to a couple of neighbors that's in the landscape business. I have got a Japanese maple that's under some power lines. Yeah. And I have understood, from what I'm understanding, they're pretty easy to get rid of, that the uh, people might be looking for them. Maybe, maybe not. Is it fully filled out on all sides and nice and round and, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It's a monster. (laughs) A monster meaning eight feet wide, two feet wide? How big is it? Uh, 15, 18 foot wide, 20 foot tall. That's a nice one. I'll tell you what you can do, and this is there's no, as far as I know, there's no shop or mall or place that you can list your Japanese maple, but you should go out and take pictures of it from three or four or five angles just to show how big it is. Maybe have somebody stand beside it so you get an idea for the size. You can then send those pictures to various landscape, the big landscape firms in Atlanta, Gibbs Landscaping and uh, Naturescapes and uh, Russell and just all the landscape firms you can find that are big enough that they might have a tree spade and might be interested in getting your fabulous mature maple and moving it to one of their spots. They may not want to do it now. They may say, we're going to wait until the fall to move it. That's the best time to do it anyway. The way to find them, go to georgialandscapepro.com. And that's where the professionals hang out. There's a particular part of it that says these are all our members. You get the contact number and the website information there. And just call them up. One, two, three, four, five, Jason. And say, hey, man, I got this beautiful maple. Here's some pictures. Who wants it? Have a bidding war. Make it like eBay. Go on there and say, be a million, not a million and a half, not two million dollars. Whatever you think it's worth. And you let them bid against each other for it. That's what I would do. It's 627 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 635 on a Saturday morning, 55 degrees outside, a beautiful day ahead of us. If you have garden questions, all you have to do is ask. No matter how simple, no matter how complicated, no matter how organic, no matter how chemical organized and based, 404-872-0750. Chris is out in Stockbridge and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What can I do for you? I have a question. I'm trying to plant some uh, ground cover. And I was wondering if I can mix uh, a topsoil with the Georgia clay. Yeah. Yeah, what, let, me, let me mention that your your sound quality is pretty bad, Chris. So tell me again which ground cover you want to plant that you mix the topsoil with the clay. Oh, okay, because I'm, I'm not prepared. I'm, I called you this morning on my way home from work. Yeah. And I don't exactly have the uh, the, uh, the exact name of the ground cover, but right. it looks like a grab. Yeah. And I was wondering if I could mix the topsoil uh, with the Georgia clay. You should. You should, because clay, bless its heart, is just the most inhospitable 
environment for most plants, grasses or ground covers or ivies or vegetables or anything else in the world, if you have pure Georgia red clay, those little bitty tiny particles pack down so tightly with each other that the roots of whatever you plant can't get through it. And the way that you make it better is to mix in topsoil or organic matter or manure or whatever you got that breaks up those particles of clay. And then you've got an environment that your ground cover can really go, go to town, can grow in very nicely. Okay, and one more question. Do you have, do you recommend, can you recommend a plant that's uh, something similar to a ground cover? Yeah. Because I have a sprinkler system that, I, that will uh, limit my the, depth of the plant that I can grow. Yeah. So I was wondering if you can recommend anything else other than that ground cover. How, much, how sunny or shady is it, Chris? Um, I would say uh, 40, 60. 40 sun or 40 shade? Uh, 40 sun. Uh, there are a number of nice ground covers that go in 40% sun. Let me go through them. Um, I don't mean to infuriate many of the listeners who are native plant enthusiasts, but English ivy, if you promise to take care of it, could be a proper ground cover in 40% sun, English ivy, but you got to keep it contained. Don't let it grow up trees or anything like that. The Asiatic jasmine could work nicely there. Um, let's see, a juga would be fine there. If you go to any pike nursery, just drop by a pike nursery, Chris, and say, hey, I need a ground cover that'll grow pretty fast, and it needs to have, be good in a place that's 40% sun and 60% shade, and I promise you they'll be able to take you to a table and say, well, this one would work, this one probably not, this one would work. Just get some advice from a nurseryman or a nursery person who is there at the nursery, and they can show you right what you need. Thanks a lot. That's exactly what I was looking for. I appreciate right. your time. All right, Chris. Drive safely. We'll see you soon. 6.39 on a Saturday morning. Sandy's turn. Sandy comes to us from Snellville, Georgia. Hey, Sandy. Good morning. Hey, Walter. I've got very, very large camellias. Yeah. Bunches of them. Yeah. Most of them bloomed beautifully this year, but I have a yuletide that is on one side of the deck that doesn't get a lot of direct sun except at the top. Okay. But this particular one has that black, sticky residue. Mm -hmm. Now, I know I can wash it off one by one, or I can rub it off one by one, but I can't do that. What's another solution? <laughs> first, you have to find out where the honeydew is coming from and figure uh, that out first. Then, honestly, Mother Nature will do the washing. It'll be slow, but eventually the black stuff will wash right off once the honeydew is no longer present. And honeydew is coming from some sucking insect higher up than your camellia, either in the top of your shrubs or even in the top of a tree nearby, or somebody is hosting scale or aphids or in the summer it would be white flies, some sucking insect. On camellias, there's a particular insect on camellia called T-scale that gets underneath the leaves, little white dots underneath the leaves. Mm -hmm. And if you had a good infestation of those high up in the tree that you can't see very readily, they could be exuding the honeydew, drops on the lower leaves, the sooty mold starts growing on the honeydew, and here's Sandy Colin Walter saying, hey, I got black stuff on my leaves. Um, I, I, I haven't seen any of that. I, I kind of keep an eye on it. Yeah. But um, one thing I had thought about, because I'd rather not wait for Mother Nature, <laughs> All right. but what about <laughs> if I mix up a mild solution of household ammonia because it cuts through things so readily and I know it acts as a fertilizer sometimes. What do you think? 
I think I'm not going to say that on the radio. <laughs> I'm okay. not a dummy. Um, if I were going to say anything on the radio, it would be household soap, like a ivory soap or something like that, which also mm-hmm. cuts through residue, but is much less likely than detergents like Dawn to burn the leaves and less likely than, you know, caustic chemicals like ammonia to burn the leaves. So if I'm going to say anything, it's going to be ivory liquid mixed in water okay. and sprayed on the plant. Maybe spray it a couple of three hours before the rain comes or a couple of three mm-hmm. hours sitting on the leaves and then wash it off real good with a good spray from your hose. I think I'm going to read between your lines there. All right. And then get a ladder and get up in that Camellia Sandy and find and see if you see any Camellia well, I can see it from the deck. It, you know, it comes up above the deck even. Okay. I can see the top of it. Look at the leaves. Look at underside the leaves. See I the will. There. Let me ask you one other thing. Have you ever heard, I read this this week, that the flowers of redbud and even the young pea pot, the young seed pods are edible in salads or what have you? I am not saying anything about red buds. Now, they are legumes, it is true, and the seed pods probably are edible, but I am not a poison plant expert here, and you're going to have to Google that, Sandy, and try it yourself. I was on an official, I was on one of the university websites. Go for it. Let me know what it tastes like. Sounded interesting. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> Try okay, to see. It is a legume like a peanut's a legume, like a soybean is a legume. I did not so know that. you can try it and see. Let me know. Okay, thanks. All I right, appreciate Sam. the help. Hey, thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Comes now Miss Sharon up in Ella J, Georgia. Sharon, join us on Lawn and Garden, please. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, uh, you were talking about strawberries earlier. Yeah. Uh, I kind of have a problem. I've tried different varieties. I've uh, had raised beds. Well, actually, it's old truck cars. <laughs> and <laughs> I've tried different manures and fertilizers and yeah. everything. Yeah. But I cannot get them to grow. I mean, the vines will grow okay, but yeah. they won't produce that well, and they end up just fading out after a year or so. What do you fill the tires with, Sharon? Uh, just different types of topsoil and potting soil. Okay. Not chicken manure, horse manure, or anything like that? Every once in a while, I add just a little bit, or I've tried it anyway, right. of uh, chicken manure and cow manure. little bit is the word I wanted to hear, because... <laughs> I know people who have taken tires and other raised beds and filled them with just straight out of the compost pile horse manure, and their strawberries go crazy wild. They just grow like a weed across the tire and down the road and you know, up the next hill, and they get too much fertilizer from being pure manure. And when you said a little bit, I thought, okay, it's not a, not a fertilizer problem here that Sharon is having. Another possibility... Is the tires get heated up, and you know how the black tire will warm up in the summertime. So it's a possibility that the soil is getting too hot in the in the tire. Okay, I didn't think about that. I'll give uh, you something to try if you need some homework to try. I'll give you an experiment to try, and that would be to get go to the uh, hardware store and get some cheap latex white paint and go out and paint your tires and make them white so they don't absorb sunshine in the summertime. Okay. Uh, are there any certain types of soil that do better? I mean, I've even tried like potash. Yeah, adding just a little bit of that in with it, and 
I think this any what I would call garden soil. You know, you can get bagged garden soil. I've gotten two or three different varieties of bags from some of the big box stores in the last year just to trial them and see which ones did best. And the ones that say no mixing required, raised bed soil mix or something like that, um, they're the ones that have done just fine for me. Uh, so you can use those kind of soils or in the woods there in L.J., go out in the woods and get a little scraping about an inch thick off the top of the ground in a place that you don't have any chance of erosion in a place, of course, that you own the property and use that dirt to fill it up so you have sort of this loose, well-drained woods dirt, for lack of a better word, and see if that makes the strawberries happy. Okay. I have another question. Real quick, uh, real quick. Onions? And watermelons and two other things I don't have no love for. <laughs> They'll have pretty vines and stems, but yeah. they do not grow. And <laughs> if the watermelons make anything, it's just a little bitty thing, and it yeah. ends up rotting on the vine. Yeah, I would say the watermelons go to the grocery store. I mean, cut your losses, Sharon. <laughs> go to the grocery store and get a watermelon. There are people better than you that know how to grow watermelons in Cordial, Georgia, who will be happy to supply you with a delicious red watermelon. <laughs> don't mess with it. For okay. onions, you should not have any problem with onions and why yours are not developing. I don't have any great theories here. Again, I wonder a little bit about nutrition and a little bit about heat on the tire. But onions, if you plant now, them in the fall, I, they I should be fine. I them just everywhere in, the, in my yard and field and everything. And I, like I said, they never make nothing. They stems will come up. Yeah. They even come back the next year, but they never make no kind of an onion. <laughs> Let me tell you what the biggest thing onions need in order to grow successfully, and that is really loose dirt. If you go down to South Georgia where the Vidalia onions are being harvested right now, and you pick up a handful of that dirt, it's 50% sand. And so if you want to grow onions in North Georgia, if you want to grow them in L.J., I would go get some sand, real gritty sand, not play sand from the hardware store, but real gritty, they call it granite dust or paver underlayment sand from the big big box stores. And mix that gritty sand in with a bed, I don't know, four or five feet long and a couple of feet wide. Plant your onions there in that sandy, sandy, soft bed in, do, 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 in September or October of this coming year. I bet you're going to have success because it needs soft soil, and those onions, I think, would be a lot happier there than growing in anything you might try to mix up there in L.J. Thanks for calling, Sharon. we got to get out of here at 647. And you're listening to Lawny Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. A perfect day for those of you heading for today's G-Day game in Athens. Morning clouds, afternoon sun, highs reaching the low 70s, no chance of rain, gridiron action like you wouldn't believe. And tonight the skies remaining clear with overnight lows dipping into the chilly mid-40s. Nothing too terrible though. Bulldog, Bulldogs G-Day game coverage begins at 3.30 and Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Calvin comes up this very minute. Calvin, Calvin, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Scott. Enjoying your uh, show this morning. Thanks, Calvin. Walter, I have a uh, question about black rot in the middle of t- t- tomatoes. Yeah. And how I might get rid of that. And also, how deep should you plant a tomato plant? And how much of it you sh- should uh, cover up? All right. Number one, black rot or blossom end rot, I believe is what you're technically calling yes. there. 
If you had listened to me in the last couple, three, four years, Calvin, I would have said you add lime to the soil when you plant. And then the last couple of years, I would have said add some powdered sheetrock to the soil to the plant because I thought in my mind that calcium in the root zone was the whole problem with blossom end rot. Turns out it is not calcium in the root zone. It's calcium in the little fruit. And the only way to get calcium in the fruit is not by applying it to the soil. It's making sure you have enough water in the plant when the fruit's forming in order to get it down to the blossom end so it doesn't turn black and rot. So all I can say now, based on research, Calvin, is you make sure your tomatoes do not dry out. Be real careful when they have fruit on them, when the fruit is about the size of a marble. Mm-hmm. Be sure every day that you go out and check your tomatoes, make sure it has not gotten dried out, make sure, conversely, that it hasn't gotten real wet and soggy. But if you can manage the water on a tomato, you won't have calcium, blossom end rot caused by calcium, lack of calcium in the fruit. And as far as burying them, you've probably hold, heard grandma and grandpa who would say, yeah, we'd dig a post hole, dig it down about two feet and put our tomatoes down. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> that is not going to help anything at all, Kevin. You can plant them, the root ball can be two or three maybe inches deeper than the regular root ball is. You can plant it down two or three inches. But beyond that point, the roots simply can't breathe. That's why those two-foot deep holes don't make any sense to me, because the root ball is so deep in the soil, it just can't breathe, and the tomato's not going to grow that well. It has to make its own roots up high within four or five inches of the soil's surface. If you want to, if you have a long tomato vine, and I know you know, you go to a nursery and you get around to growing your tomato plants after the nursery has sold the best ones, and you get these long tomato vines that are two feet long and a lot of stem at the bottom, just lay them down real gently horizontally in the ground and bend up the tip a little bit to let it come out of the ground. So you can bend it horizontally and let it 12 inches below ground and six inches above ground. And that makes it do fine. It has roots along the stem, but they're all real shallow roots, and it grows just great. Okay. Well, thank you, Walter. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Sorry I had to recant everything I've said over the last couple of years, but water. Water's the key. It has nothing to do with calcium in the soil, particularly. Thanks for calling, Kelvin. Water's the key to everything. Thank you, sir. (laughs) All right, man. We'll see you soon. 657 and one half. Killer tomatoes coming on right now. The gooey, gushy, squishy, mushy, rotten to the core. They're standing outside your door. Remember Herbert Barbage. While taking out his garbage, he turned around and he did see tomatoes hiding in his tree. Now he's just a memory.